0: Hey everybody, this is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. It's great to have you with us today. Today we're continuing our Costly Faith series here at Parker Ford Church. It's an ongoing series where we're looking at what it means to be a person of faith when we go through really difficult times. Today we'll start a two-part teaching, the first of a two-part teaching, faith when I'm scared. We've been looking at faith and trying to expand our understanding of what it means to be a person of faith. Faith is more than just belief in something that we can't see, although it does contain an element of that. Faith also has to do with the posture of our heart towards God. In other words, faith has to do with our loyalty, our obedience, our allegiance, and yes, our belief in him. So we're going to continue talking about that throughout today's service. Throughout this morning service we want to invite you to engage the content. There's going to be opportunity for you to pause the video and interact with different questions and uh, portions of the scripture. So if you're with uh, your family or a group of people, you can pause the video at those points and have a conversation. Or if you're alone, that's a great time to pull out a journal and just spend some time reflecting on those questions. Our first chance to pause the video uh, will come with our memory verse that we're working on. We've been working on memorizing Galatians 2.20. I'm going to read it and then I want to invite you to pause the video and work on memorizing it, whether you're with your family or alone. Galatians two twenty says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You can go ahead and pause the video here and work on the memory verse and then join us as we continue this morning's service. Today's call to worship comes from Psalm chapter 61. I want to invite you to stand and read this out loud with me. Let's read together from Psalm 61, starting in verse 1. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. For you, God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Increase the days of the king's life, his years for many generations. May he be enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint your love and faithfulness to protect him. Then I will ever sing in praise of your name and fulfill my vows day after day. You can have a seat. Before we transition to this morning's teaching, I want to invite you to discuss and reflect on the following questions. Have you ever been paralyzed by fear? Have you ever been in a situation where you've experienced sort of a paralysis? You've been so afraid that, that you've frozen. There's been a paralysis by fear. Which response to a fearful situation do you most relate to? fight, flight or freeze. Are you a type of person who want, who throws up their fists and is ready to throw punches? Are you a type of person who just wants to run and find cover or are you a person who freezes and uh, can't move when there's a really uh, scary or fearful situation? And what are some of the things that the scriptures speak to regarding fear? Now the Bible has a lot to say about fear. So just have a discussion around these questions for a few minutes and then join us for today's teaching. You've never made the same mistake twice, right? Can't think of a time where you've done the same silly or dumb thing uh, two times without learning your lesson. Well, if you're like me, that's happened to you many times where you've made the same mistakes. But we're in good company. Today, we're going to be looking at Abraham and these two parallel stories. Uh, one towards the beginning of uh, the, the account in the scriptures in chapter 12 about Abraham and then one in chapter 20, so later towards uh, the end of his life, where he, say, he makes the same mistake two times. This is Abraham, the father of our faith, and in both uh, situations he makes the same, same mistake because he's afraid. And so uh, I thought it would be an appropriate place to start this two-part teaching on faith when I'm scared with these two stories from Abraham. And then next week, we're going to be looking at Jesus when he faced fear uh, in his death. Before we get into the scripture today, we're going to be reading a lot of scripture from Genesis in a few short minutes. So I'm going to invite you to really track with me as we're going through the scripture. But before we do that, let's pray and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us through the word of God. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the stories of the faith, of those who have gone before us, and the many things that they encountered, including times of great fear. Today, we're looking at the story of Abraham, who's the father of our faith, according to the Apostle Paul in uh, Romans chapter 4. Abraham's the father of our faith, and we're going to be looking at these stories. And so today, as we engage these stories about Abraham, and the very real faith, and the times that he stumbled because of his fear um, that, he, that he had, Lord, we pray that we would learn, that we would grow in our own faith, would mature in a deeper way in you through your word, through your spirit and guidance today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to pick up the story right at the beginning in Genesis chapter 12. This is the call of Abram before his name is even changed to Abraham years later. It says in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. He doesn't even tell him where he's going to go. He just says, go. And Abram, to his credit, does it. The Lord goes on to say in verse 2, I will make you into a great nation. This is a famous blessing over Abraham. I'm going to make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. There's a couple things to, to make note of, to pay attention to in this, that God is going to make him into a great nation, which means that he has to have kids. At this point, Abram and his wife, Sarai, are, are both advanced in years. They're older and they haven't had children. But God says to them, I'm going to make you into a great nation. And he's going to bless you and give Abram a great name and be a blessing to him. And he says, I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. In other words, the Lord's saying, I'm, my presence is going to be with you, protecting you, guiding you. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So all the nations of the earth are blessed through Abraham. Through Abram. Verse four, it says, So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was seventy-five years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions that they had accumulated, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram travelled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent. With Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. Before we continue um, in the story in verse 10, Here, we've already seen the Lord appear to Abram twice. Once he says, go, and he gives this promise of the type of blessing he's going to pour out on Abram's life, and Abram and Sarai and Lot and their whole household, they do go, they obey, and when they arrive in the land of Canaan, the Lord appears a second time or shows up a second time and speaks to Abram and says, this is the land I'm going to give you. But Abram's a nomad and he continues to move. Now, in verse 10, it picks up the story. It says, now there was a famine in the land and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt he said to his wife Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you they will say this is his wife. Then they will kill me but will let you live. Say you are my sister so that I will be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. Abram's afraid. He and his family go down to Egypt because of the famine in the land. And when they arrive there, he's struck by fear that Pharaoh will kill him, Abram, to take his wife because she's beautiful. Now, there's an interesting detail here because we just learned a few verses before that Abram and Sarai are in advanced in years. They're at least in their mid to late 70s at this point, maybe even 80. And yet, there's, uh, Sarai is apparently so beautiful Even at this advanced age that Abraham is afraid, Abram, excuse me, is afraid that he's going to be killed uh, for his wife. So he creates sort of a white lie because we learn from the text that Sarai is, in fact, his half-sister. Same father, different mother. And so Abram says, call yourself my sister. But that's a lie because her primary identity at this point, their primary identity and relationship at this point is not that of siblings, but that of spouses, their husband And wife, and so he asks her to lie because of the fear that he feels. Verse 14, when Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarai was a very beautiful woman, and when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace. He treated Abram well for her sake and Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants and camels. So exactly what Abram feared is happening. They go down to Egypt. Pharaoh hears a report about the beauty of Sarai. He takes her into his court and he begins to lavish gifts upon Abram who he believes to be her brother. Verse 17, But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram, What have you done to me? He said, why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men and they sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. And so the Lord appears to Pharaoh and um, causes these serious diseases. It's sort of a foreshadowing, almost a poetic foreshadowing of the Exodus story Abram goes down because of the famine in the land, he's there, Um, his wife is brought into Pharaoh's household, but then the Lord protects them uh, through, through the diseases that he sends. Pharaoh finds out what's going on and sends them out of the land. Now, this same thing is going to happen again a few chapters later, but there's one thing I want to touch on in between. In Genesis chapter 15, this is another one of the accounts where Abram and Sarai are still waiting. Years have passed. They're still waiting for the promised child, the fulfillment of God's blessing, and it hasn't happened. And it says in Genesis 15, "After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Listen to these words, do not be afraid, Abram. Remember, today's teaching is titled, Faith When I'm Afraid. Here's Abram, and we've already heard a story about a time that he was afraid. We're going to read another one in a few passages. But the Lord appears to him and says, Do not be afraid. This is the most common, most uh, often repeated commandment in all of the scriptures. Said over a hundred times in one form or another, Do not be afraid. So the Lord says to Abram, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said to him, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, this man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. A couple things from this story that I want to pull into today's teaching. We have uh, fear and faith coming together. God saying to his servant Abram, do not be afraid. And then Abram going out and looking up at the stars. If you've ever been in a place where there's no light pollution, where you can see the stars, it can be almost Uh, a dizzying experience because there's so many of them and you can just imagine Abram and you know the ancient world walking out there's not a single light in the sky maybe a few candles or uh, behind a tent but there's nothing to block out the sky it's a cloudless night and Abram looks up and there's billions and even trillions of stars and he's looking up at them and it says that he believed God he had faith he had yeah, he, he had a, a steadfast loyalty, a, certainly a cognitive belief in what God said, but also uh, an allegiance in his heart, a belief in his heart that compelled him to continue to walk in obedience. And he looks up and the famous verse in Genesis fifteen six: Abram believed the Lord and God credited it to him as righteousness. All right, a few chapters later, Let's pick up the second time that Abraham makes the same mistake. Now his name has been changed to Abraham. It says in Genesis 20, verse 1, Now Abraham moved on from there into the region of the Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur. For a while he stayed in Gerar. And there Abraham said to his wife, Sarah, She is my, said of his wife, excuse me, Sarah, She is my sister, then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. So now she's even older. <laughs> More years have passed. She's getting close to 100 years old and Abraham makes the same choice. He's, uh, he's afraid that Abimelech will harm him and take her for himself. And so once again, he uh, repeats this same lie. She's my sister. Verse 3, But God came to Abimelech in a dream. Once again, the Lord intervenes and protects Abraham and Sarah. The, The Lord appeared to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, You are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She's a married woman. Now Abimelech had not gone near her. So he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And didn't she also say, he is my brother? I have done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. Then God said to him in the dream, yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience, and so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. Now return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you and all who belong to you will die. Early the next morning, Abimelech summoned all his officials, and when he told them all that had happened, they were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham in and said, What have you done to us? How have I wronged you that you have brought such great guilt upon me and my kingdom? You have done things to me that should never be done. And Abimelech asked Abraham, What was your reason for doing this? Abraham replied, I said to myself, There is surely no fear of God in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she really is my sister, the daughter of my father, though not of my mother, and she became my wife. And when God had me wander from my father's household, I said to her, This is how you can show your love to me everywhere we go. Say of me, He is my brother. Now, notice this. I think this is really fascinating. Abraham, it says in verse 11, says to himself, there's surely no fear of God in this place. Now, the sort of ironic thing that's happening here is that Abraham is the one in this situation who's not fearing God. He's fearing Abimelech. He's fearing man. And so the fear of God that Abraham has walked with in his life has been replaced by fear of man. Now, Abimelech, who's a pagan king and has no relationship to God, the Lord shows up in a dream and speaks to him. And Abimelech is the one who shows reverence and fear of the Lord. He immediately changes changes his behavior and reverses course and shows reverence and fear towards God even while Abraham is lying for the second time. So it's this interesting role reversal. But once again, God intervenes and he makes it right. He protects Abraham and Sarah and he also protects Abimelech who does in fact show fear of the Lord. So Abraham in this case was wrong. There was a fear of God and when God's voice shows up in Abimelech's life, Abimelech does the right thing. In verse 14 it says, Then Abimelech brought sheep and cattle and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham. And he returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, My land is before you. Live wherever you like. To Sarah he said, I am giving your brother a thousand shekels. Notice how he says, he calls him his brother. I wonder if there's a wink there, a sort of... Um, A playing along with it. I'm giving your brother a thousand shekels of silver. This is to cover the offense against you. Before all who are with you, you are completely vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech, his wife and his female slaves, so they could have children again. For the Lord had kept all the women in Abimelech's household from conceiving because of Abraham's wife, Sarah." Why do you think, in these stories, why do you think Abraham was so afraid? And why do you think that Abraham fell into this trap twice? I want to invite you to reflect on that question and a couple of other questions as we close our time of, of teaching this morning. Can you relate to Abraham's struggles even while he continued to believe in God? Abraham, the man of faith, the father of our faith. We're going to close our service uh, with a passage from Romans where, where Paul talks about the faith of Abraham and how he's our father through the faith. So can you relate to Abraham's struggles even while he continued to believe in God? And how might we walk with faith and belief and trust in God even when we're facing a fearful situation or in a fearful time? So go ahead and have a discussion around these questions and then join us for today's benediction. I wanted to include these stories about Abraham in today's teaching because Abraham's the father of our faith. He's uh, considered the father of uh, the nation of Israel which would be a blessing to all the peoples through whom Jesus has come and initiated and inaugurated the kingdom of God. And so here we see, in these stories, we see Abraham uh, struggle with fear and yet still continue to be a person of faith even in the midst of these difficulties. Maybe you can relate, I certainly do, can relate to making the same uh, mistake more than once and so it's, I, I'm so thankful that the scriptures include stories of the heroes of the faith, not just conquering and not just having victory, but also stumbling and having struggles because um, all of us can certainly relate to those uh, deeply. And so for, for the closing today, I want to read from Romans chapter 4 where Paul references Abraham as the father of the faith. And just as a benediction, as the closing of today's service, I'm going to read from Romans chapter 4 starting in verse 13. The Apostle Paul writes, It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing, and the promise is worthless, because the law brings wrath, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. The God who gives life to the dead. We receive this blessing from Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior this morning. Thank you so much for joining us for engaging the content today. I hope you have a great day. Go with God. Be blessed.